Hi everyone, welcome to Training with Casey, where we explore animal training and living our best lives with animals. I'm Joseph Laughlin, producer of this podcast, and now here's your host, Casey Covert. Let's get started. Hey, welcome everybody. Thank you for sharing your evening with me. It's Casey Cover, your host at Training with Casey. And I am excited today. I have a friend from college, and I happen to notice that she's a goat expert extraordinaire. And I was interested in getting goats, but I was a little bit hesitant when I listened to Mr. Joel Salatin, who's a important person in permaculture. And he said that when you're trying to keep goats, if your fences will hold water, they will hold goats. And then he said, besides, if you keep goats, by the time you figure out how to keep them inside your fence, they will have eaten everything that they can eat. And so now you have to go into new business with renting out goats. So Catherine, I saw all your beautiful goats. Can you, first of all, just tell us a little bit about you and then how did you go the way of goats? Well, Casey, thank you for having me and I hope you can hear me well. Yes, you sound okay. great. Okay. Um, I'm so happy to be with you because we we did lose touch and I, I'm thrilled to be here. So a little bit about me. Um, my husband and I originally bought a piece of property in Maryland, about 10 acres. And <clears throat> excuse me, we knew we wanted to have horses. And we brought a couple of horses into that place, built a house and everything. And we stayed there about a year and a half. When we decided we really needed to move and get more space. We wanted a farm. <laughs> I have heard this before. <laughs> so now we are on a farm. We bought 26 acres in Frederick, Maryland, and we built a farm and we have horses. And a friend of mine that I worked with had goats. And he was always talking about his goats. And literally, we were here for a little over a year. And now we have goats and we've had goats for 17 years. <laughs> oh my God. They're contagious. They are contagious. <laughs> they are. I call them puppies or dogs with hooves because they remind me of dogs with hooves. We have boar goats. They're a medium size, big dog size goat. Uh, I think they're pretty darn smart. I think they're very personable. Ours have really good temperaments and are very friendly. Um, and really we were trying to decide, okay, we're going to have horses. And then my friend at work was talking about goats so much. We were like, well, we can't do cows. Cows are huge. They could kill you. Um, They could take you out. And having just two people working with cows, that's not enough hands. And I'm going to tell you from my time at University of Maryland, like when Mm -hmm. they told me um, you want to do this project with the dairy cows, I was like, sure. I had no (laughs) idea. They expected me to take care of them. Oh, yeah. Six cows is a heck of a lot of work. Yes. Yes. That's why we did not do cows. <laughs> and we tried goats. And I we're still doing think it. you're wise. Yes. <laughs> so I I interrupted you. You you 
had goats because you were guilty by association with your friend who had goats. Mm -hmm. Did they actually give you a goat? It's interesting because someone I worked with um, in a previous job, we actually bought goats from her. And then my friend that I was currently working with, he did give me a goat once. Uh, it was a baby. And by the way, he's not in goats anymore. Um, Trader. <laughs> out of the goat business. Um, and he gave me a baby goat. Basically, he was complaining at work about this baby goat. He said, I don't have time to bottle feed it. And I, you know, I can't take care of her. <clears throat> so basically, he was done with her. I said, bring her to work. I will meet you in the parking lot with my dog crate and I will take her home and try and get her on the bottle and nursing and whatever and, and drinking and stronger. So took the baby goat home. Baby goat was not baby girl goat. Baby was baby boy goat. <laughs> that turned out to be our I, very first breeding buck. <laughs> okay. But I can see why he needed to get out of the business. <laughs> yeah. That goat lived in our house for about four months with our German shepherds. He would then... You know, we would take him out and sort of introduce him to the goats, you know, because he was smaller than them. He was a baby. And uh, he would come in and out of the house at will. We'd call him and he'd come in and go to bed and then put him out. And then once he was a full-size smelly buck um, and was out all the time, we would still occasionally let him out in the backyard. He'd come up on the deck and say hello. And, you know, it was just, you know, a menagerie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, you know, this is the thing when you actually work and live with animals, they're just other family members. Yeah. They're just they really other are. people in the tribe. And one of the things I found frustrating over the years is people that don't work with animals project all kinds of garbage onto them, what they feel, what they need, what they want. And I used to say at the zoo, for example, just because I'm a human doesn't mean I'm an expert in what humans want. I'm just an expert in what I want. Mm -hmm. So if you ask me how to raise a kid, I might tell you, well, they definitely want Barbie dolls and they want this and that and the other thing. And your young boy might be very disappointed. Right. So yeah, you get in there and at what, you know, here you're, you're just incorporating this young goat into your busy multi-animal household mm -hmm. at what point did his buckness start making that impossible probably about eight months old believe it or not wow. it was a very long time because he was so friendly and so docile uh he would just come out and it was kind of fun for the family when they would come over for a barbecue we we called him ducky um, cause he would make the flame and face and it's like ducky lips. So, um, he would come out on the deck while we're having a barbecue and everyone would think that was really cool. And then they were like, Oh, but I, I now petted your buck and I smell. <laughs> I was like, okay, well, we'll put him back in the back pasture and you go wash your hands and then you can eat your dinner. <laughs> now, will it wash off because the smell from Boris doesn't wash off? Yeah. It takes a lot. It, it takes a lot to get it off, but it does okay. come off. So you had a bathroom and instead of just having like, you know, soft soap in the dispenser, you had hydrosulfuric acid, right? Right, right. 
Clorox Dean, you know, just like scrub it off. <laughs> yeah. And here's your sandpaper. Don't stick with those little brushes. Yeah. 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 So, but he lived for a very long time. He was our first breeding buck. Um, so what is a long time for a goat? Well, it, it really, it depends on the goat, uh, to be honest, because we have right now a breeding buck that's nine going on 10. When Ducky passed away, we, we actually uh, put him to sleep um, because he was sick. He was nine. So I would that's probably say very old. Age is nine. Yeah. Yeah. They can live into their teens, but we have not had one live into their teens. I can tell you that. Wow. Okay. Uh, most of the zoo animals tend to live for about, for whatever reason, 23 years. Wow. So like lions and tigers and bears. <laughs> oh my. Yeah. I'm sorry. <laughs> I kind of set you up for that, didn't yeah, I? Yeah, you did. But, but it's really the truth. But then the sea lions would, you know, were expected to live about, well, also 20. Oh. Yeah. So yeah, a lot of the animals and horses too. Oh, horses can be into their thirties. Yeah. But a lot of them, they're considered senior by the time they get into their upper teens. Yeah. Yeah. So, and I'm sure there are people out there who have had goats live longer. Just, we have not. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So you have this male goat yeah. and he stinks to high yeah. heaven. Is there any defense against that? Can you keep a buck? Like how far away from your house do you need to keep a buck? For? There's no distance that's safe. Not really, no. I mean, if you're sensitive to things like smelling boar, porcine, as well as boar goats, um, you're just going to smell it. You will smell it. If the wind shifts in just the right direction, you will smell it no matter where they are. Yeah. And that's me. I can go through a parking lot and smell that someone has leaking antifreeze. So I will smell. Oh, yeah. That's funny, Catherine, because that's another thing we have in common. Like I used to work as a bench scientist. And man, I can smell leaking gas at a thousand paces. And I've called the gas company in. They come in with their little machines and they look for the gas. And I go, you don't have a leak. Oh, yes, I do. And I take them right to it. And then they put their machine. You're right. You're right. You should work for the gas company. I remember getting out of the car at Front Royal. Mm -hmm. And I was there for a conference on elephants. But I got out of the car and I sniffed the air. And I go, oh, my goodness. They have maned wolves here. Mm. I had been responsible for maned wolves when I was at National Zoo. But mm -hmm. if you asked me if I could identify them by scent, I don't think I would have been confident I could. Right. But I can. That's so wild. I'm with, yeah, I'm with you. I would be smelling the buck. Okay. So can you do artificial insemination with goats? People do. They absolutely do. Um, and unlike thoroughbred horses, you don't have to breed them with live cover. So you can do that. What about, um, do they have goat dating services? Can you <laughs> take your beautiful 
young girl goat who really you're not sure she should be exposed to this kind of stuff but here you go girl yes we've had people who have bought goats from us females bring them back later for breeding services because we usually have two goat two bucks i should say so they can breed to the one that is not their sire <laughs> i can see this yeah <laughs> make it clear so I have to go back, Casey. You talked about going to Front Royal. Then do you know Janine Brown? Oh, I think I do. But man, we're going back 40 years now. Because she was the one who did the elephant breeding and all of that. Travels the world. Uh, elephant reproduction. I think she must have come in after me. Do you know okay. what year she was there? I was 79 to 87. Mm, okay, maybe after that. Um, I think she's still there, actually. So, yeah. Well, if you give me a letter of introduction, I will be happy to go know her. <laughs> we'll talk to I'll... you later. What yeah. were you thinking, Catherine? <laughs> yeah, I... Um... I love to stay connected with people. <laughs> and sometimes people get the wrong idea. I went to visit somebody and they're kind of local and I just wanted to go talk. I just wanted to be connected mm -hmm. and I didn't want to work for another institution. So I go down, I introduce myself and the person looks at me, and they go, you know, I like my job, right? Well, that's wonderful. What do you like best about it? Yeah. What are you doing that you're passionate about? I don't think we'd be interested in hiring you. We actually couldn't get past that. Wow. Like I actually came right out and said, I don't want to work for your institution. I'm not here to try to lure you away. And I'm not here to try to work for them. But like we we couldn't talk. Wow. Yeah. That's so, good. but I love to just you know like we're doing just talk about all this stuff. Okay, mm -hmm. but um, I promise you we wouldn't keep you too long tonight. <laughs> okay. Sorry, so, I digress. No, it's it, then you're just as long as you do it, we're golden. <laughs> if okay. I do it to you, that's not fair. Okay. Okay. So what was your dream life with animals before you got goats and everything? Did you know that you wanted to be living the life you're living now? I think I knew <clears throat> I always wanted to be on a farm because growing up, my family had a farm. We didn't live on it, but we had a farm and we raised cattle there. Um, for me, life is not complete without animals. Yeah. That's just me. Um, I hear people, it's funny, say, oh, I'm a cat person. I'm a dog person. I'm an animal person. Yeah, me too. You know, I don't have like a favorite um, animal. It's kind of like, I don't have a best friend. I have a bunch of precious friends. Mm -hmm. But there isn't one of them that I think isn't as good or wonderful as the next. And mm -hmm. I feel that way about animals. I remember somebody that said, Oh, I want to work with big cats. 
It just strikes me as an ego thing because if, you know, as you know, every different kind of animal, I don't care how small they are. My chickens had so much personality. Mm -hmm. My crab at the University of Maryland, he, his name was Spike and I had 13 crabs, but Spike was like, stood out in the dark Mm -hmm. and I would turn the light on in the lab and he would get so excited about training. He'd be going, (laughs) oh my gosh. Yeah. And it was just so endearing. And he died during a molt when they um, have to shed their skin. It's very high risk for them. And he died during a molt and everybody was like, Casey Spike died today. And I was devastated because he's got, I mean, Spike was a person and if you Spike, you love Spike. But on the other hand, I was a little bit relieved because I did love Spike and we had taught him to get in a bowl so I could carry him around. And when we were doing that initially, we tried to net him out. And it turns oh. out that crabs are attracted to the nets <laughs> and they wanted to go in them. And then I'm like, whoa, we can't put them out, you know, to be a wild crab when he has learned that nets are safe. Right. And all these other things. So I was so sorry that he passed. But just like you were saying about um, the goats, did you just tell us how long they live for? Well, for us, probably around 10 years is max. Yeah. And so we didn't know for crabs. And then I looked it up later and most of them die well before they're two years old. Really? Yeah. I did not know that. It's like all this stuff, you know, gazillions of them die off when they're babies and the Mm -hmm. older they get, the better chance they have of living longer. Mm -hmm. So it was like that, but overall their chances of getting as old as spike got to were not good really had no idea yeah here's a weird thing Catherine. Hmm. when i talk about spike having personality i was putting the bowl in like this mm-hmm. and then he can't he couldn't they couldn't walk backwards like that they could just go sideways and right. so we go like this and they would eventually pull themselves into the bowl So I go in one day and he's like this, or I'm like this. And Mm -hmm. he takes his little pinchers and puts them on my thumb. Oh my gosh. And being a wild animal professional, I go. Yeah. (laughs) And then I realize, oh my gosh, he trusts you to take him around in the little bowl. Like you're the mothership. So I made myself put my hand back in there. He took his pinchers very gently, put them on my thumb and pulled himself forward into the bowl. Oh my gosh. That's pretty cool. Exactly. Exactly. He trusted you. But also he had a better idea. He could see that this was not the best way. He could also do it this other way. He blew my mind. He was communicating to you, wait, I've got a better idea. Yeah. Let me show you. It's easier for me if we do it this way. Yes. Mind blown. 
Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So, so I know you've had goats like that also. Do you have any goat stories or any favorites that you want to share? Hmm. Favorites that I want to share. Favorite stories. We already determined you don't have favorite goats. (laughs) Right. Well, I think Ducky is probably the, the favorite story of him living in the house for so long and playing in the yard with the dogs. I mean, it was the cutest thing. And um, it was really heartbreaking when we had to say goodbye to him. Yeah. Not that it's not heartbreaking when I say goodbye to the goats, because it is. And even when I sell the babies and I see them leaving, going down the driveway, I get the little pangs of letting them go. Um, yeah. 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 Boar goats are meat goats, right? Correct. So you chose meat goats over milk goats. Wise decision on many fronts. Oh, yes. Less less labor intensive uh, in ways. (laughs) Not not so early in the morning. Yeah. No milking required unless they have mastitis or other issues. Occasionally you Mm. have to milk a borgo. I didn't even think about that. Yeah. Yeah. So is it harder for you? Because when you sell a goat, you know that somebody might eat him? Uh, It was very difficult. Yeah, it was very difficult in the beginning because when we first started in goats, we did sell goats for meat. And um, I was pleased that our customers were pleased, but it was very hard for me to, we would haul the goat for processing. So we would take the goat live to a place for it to be processed. And it was very hard for me to do that. Yeah. I knew because they were meat goats, this was part of the deal. Um, and they trusted me and they were calm around me. So they were as calm as possible until I had to say goodbye. That was very hard. God, that's such an act of love. That was hard. Very, very hard. But you walked with them right to the end. You didn't just send them off. No, no. I went as far as I was allowed to go. Mm-hmm. And, um, I can say very gratefully that we have not sold goats for meat. I'm going to knock on wood um, in a number of years. And I'm very thankful for that because I know that some of the goats that we sell to children who are doing 4-H projects, they will probably be sold for meat at the end. Mm -hmm. But at least that child hopefully will love them and treat them well. Um, And they'll have a good life and maybe they'll get lucky and they'll get kept or sold and someone will say they're so cute and so nice I want them to be my pet instead of my yeah dinner. but you know what else Catherine um my mom's 87 and we've been watching all these programs on near-death experiences and my father had a near-death experience before he died and mm. he said you would not believe how blissful it is really? he said I will never be afraid of dying again really And I said, did you want to come back? And he said, no, but I also saw what a precious opportunity it is, you know, this human life. And he'd gotten all these things done, but there were a couple of things that he could still come back and do. And so he did. But what I realized um, is that, you know, having heard, hundreds of these uh, near-death experience people 
I hear that over and over again. They came back because they felt like they had something important to do, but the death experience was blissful and they didn't want to come back. It was a, a sense of duty or a sense of worry about people that they left behind or something like that. And there was a person that I met at a seminar and he reared cattle for meat and he brought them up talking to them about what was going to happen. Really? Yeah. He said, okay, your purpose here is to feed other people. I'm going to give you the best life I can figure out how to give you until it's time for you to go there. And then you'll go there and you'll feed people and you will be able to come back, blah, 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 you know? And one day he did that and he told the, um, the cattle that the next day they were going to go to become food. And the next day came and there was some problem with the truck or something. Mm -hmm. And the cattle showed up just like he told them to. And then he said, I'm sorry, the truck is broken. It mm -hmm. won't be today. And he said, the cattle were just like, Oh, really? And then left. And mm -hmm. I, I thought about that because people, humans sign up to be in the military knowing that they could sacrifice their lives right? and being okay with that because they felt like the purpose, the cause was worth it. Mm -hmm. And maybe our animals are that way too. But anyway, I just wanted to share that with you because you are on the cutting edge. You're on the, the front where if you're going to eat meat, you have to actually deal with that. Right. You, you don't get to go to the grocery store and not imagine it on four feet. But most of us do eat meat. Mm -hmm. And so we all need to grapple with that. And the world is built that way. Right. You know, most everybody eats something and eventually will get eaten by bacteria if nothing else. Right. Right. And so. it's interesting. I have tried goat meat, not my own. Um, I don't care for it. It's not my cup of tea. Um, but I take the approach that that cattle farmer did. My responsibility is to raise them in the best way that I possibly can. Give them the best care, um, best life to the point where they're not mine anymore. Yeah. Um, and, and I will honestly say that the people who did eat our goat meat, they were very pleased with it. And, and that made me feel good. Even though I was sad when they would then give us feedback on how they felt about it and how it was for them. They were like, it's really great. You know, we really loved it. So that made me feel good. I said, well, that's nice because we really try to do the best we can and give you the best product we possibly can. Yeah. And, and the whole animal counted for something. Yes. And I love, I love it when people, I think they call it nose to tail eating mm. where every part of the animal is used. So with that in mind, we started like, I just bought kidneys for the first time. Mm. No idea what I'm doing, but we're going to make a steak and kidney pie. 
And there's a lot of health reasons to do that as well as, you know, ecological and, and ethical reasons to not be wasteful. True. So, um, what else? I've got a million questions because I'm interested (laughs) in getting goats. Okay. So (laughs) what? Okay. So how long do you think it takes you to learn your way around goats so that you can become a pretty good goat steward? Well, for you, I don't think it would take very long because you are a longtime animal steward. Yeah. So you are keyed into what animals are doing, what's normal for them. I think you would be really aware of the goat acting off. Yeah. And that would be one of the things I would tell people is to be a student of your goats. Now, for me, I'm always learning. I'm always, you know, sometimes there are painful lessons I have to repeat, but there's always something new also that I'm learning. And I think I certainly have relied on just sort of my interest in animal behavior and all of those things to understand what's normal for this goat or that goat. And if something's off, if you, there's a little nagging thing in your mind that says, something's not right. I don't think something's right. Trust your gut. Yeah. Because you're probably right. Go handle that goat, go check that goat out and make sure everything's okay. Because, you know, they're a prey animal. So they will hide that they're not feeling yeah. well, right? Um, so you really need to be attuned to the vocalizations, the sounds that the different goats make. So I can have my back turned and be in a horse stall and hear a goat talking to me from the other side of the barn. And I know who it is. Yeah, you recognize them. I recognize that voice. Yeah. I know who's talking to me, who's begging for an animal cracker, you know, what have you. Um, you, you not only recognize who it is, but you know what they want. Yeah. 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 You know, when they're saying, wait a minute, somebody's coming. Hey, stop taking my food. Quit bugging me. All those things. We can tell that. Yeah. Okay. And when they cry out in pain or fear or something, I can be in the house with the windows open and I hear that and I run to the bar. I know somebody's in trouble and it's bad. And you mm-hmm. just, you just kind of, if you already have sort of that in you, it's not going to take you that long to be a, a good goat steward. All aside from keeping them contained, I will I will tell you that is a challenge because it's true. That's a, a saying for goats. You started the, the podcast with it. If your fence can hold water, it'll hold goats. That's absolutely true. I, I used to say, uh, you know, if it can hold a spaghetti noodle, you've got it. <laughs> um, Great. So, you know... It, but it doesn't take five years to figure that out. You just go into it knowing they will slip through almost anything. So you just go in with woven wire fence with a hot wire on the inside, because if you don't, they're going to rub on it because they like to scratch. So they'll lean on it and they'll wear it out, warp it and all these weird things from them leaning on it. Um, That's that's good to know because I thought I had to put it on the top. No, goat level, Um, like about your knee. Yeah. Oh, I am so glad we had this conversation. <laughs> okay. Yeah, definitely. I mean, we what we do is we do have um, a hot wire at knee level 
And then we have around our hay field where sometimes the goats go out, we do have a hot wire around the top. That's more for predator and whatever. So yeah. you probably want a hot wire around the top, but really for your goats, it's at the bottom at your like two feet, 18 inches, something like that. Got it. So like the top could keep the raccoons out and the coyotes and well, be a deterrent. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So well, uh, let me check the time here. Okay. Um, all right. So we've covered how you got to goats. We've covered that I can possibly get reasonably proficient in less than five years. Yes. What caused you to get the kind of goat you did? Like I was looking and I thought Nigerian dwarf goats, cause they're the smallest. Oh no. Okay. Well, not for me anyway. I mean, a lot of people do like them and they're cute. Don't get me wrong. Um, mine was initially we were doing boar Kiko crosses. So meat breeds, um, the Kiko breed for parasite resilience because parasites are an issue. We were doing boar Kiko dairy crosses to get better milk production out of the nannies when they had kids. And then just because the market of our customers more and more wanted higher percentage of boar, mm -hmm. they wanted them for breeding. They wanted to show and those types of things. So now we're in really very little mixed breed goats mostly purebred full blood boar maybe a couple of does we still have with some kiko in there um and the bigger goats because they're easier to handle and look at my hands they're not small yeah and if you have a goat that needs help when she's delivering okay. i don't want to be trying to do this with <laughs> a dwarf um because there's Ooh, not a lot I, of I never there these are good things to think about yeah so when you're going in there and there's two and three babies and you know you're up to here you got to think about do you really want to do that one of these little i think i would hurt a little goat oh man i never even thought okay all right i'm just gonna get a bunch of weathers okay okay weathers are good weathers are great they're friendly they're nice just um you have to with them you have to be concerned about urinary calculi Sometimes they'll get little stones that block yeah. them so they can't urinate and then their bladder may rupture if you don't catch that early enough. But usually that comes from eating a lot of grain. So, I mean, that's a whole other thing, but that would be the thing with weathers is to just watch out for urinary calculi. Hey, is stones. there any reason to feed a goat grain? Can, aren't they in the wild when they do all forage? In the wild, sure. Um, they would do forage and honestly, they would do best on browse. They're like deer. They like to browse more than graze. Yeah. Um, and that's better for them ideally. Um, but for example, if it's winter time, there's not a lot to eat. Maybe your hay quality is not that great. You've got pregnant does. You're going to want to give them grain. Okay. In the later stages of pregnancy. We do not grain them year round for sure, but I'm sure there are some people they don't have, you know, very yeah. good hay quality. They don't have the ground on which for them to eat. So they're maybe graining them a lot yeah. more often than we do. Um, but you're right. Weathers may or may not need grain unless maybe it's severely cold. 
might need a little extra nutrition to keep the metabolism up so they stay nice and warm, you know, that kind of thing. But usually good hay for weather, they're not reproducing, obviously, because they're weather, they've been castrated, so they don't necessarily need it. Because also, um, I'm just thinking as we go, goats eat all the different weird plants and of course they're raw, so they're going to also get more oxalates. And so that would be another thing that would cause kidney, kidney or bladder stones. Yeah, bladder stones is usually what it is. But typically I think what happens with the goats, we've had a couple, two weathers have that issue. And it was shortly after castration. And I think it was, they were in pain. Mm and kind of feeling lethargic maybe and not drinking enough i think it was brought on by dehydration that to be honest yeah that yeah and, perfect sense. And, and there are lots of theories out there about you know if you castrate them later in life you get the fully urinary tract development maybe less stones i i don't know if that's really true or not we tend to castrate them uh around eight weeks so um We've only had, I think, two have stones out of almost 400 kids. So not all yeah. boys, of course. Yeah, so it could happen, but it's not a high probability. Mm -mm. But again, watching your goats, right? Make sure they're drinking. Make sure they're acting normally and that kind of thing. Yeah. And this whole thing of castrating your goats um, at home, a lot of people listening don't realize like almost all farmers do their own castrations <laughs> of goats of sheep and i don't know if they probably draw the line there but still and the sooner you do it the easier it is on the animal physiologically right so right. now um we have data about dogs of reasons not to do it so who knows what they're going to be discovering in goats and everything. But since these are meat animals, a lot of times they don't live long enough for it to be an issue. Right. And then, you know, you think about the hormones. Some of it is there. Some people will leave them intact as long as possible, get maximum muscle growth, that meat, which is muscle. Um, but then like you said, it's harder on them when they go for castration. And some, if they reach a certain age, they start to smell and then people don't want to eat the meat. But right. then there are cultures who do. The smellier, the better. So yeah. it depends on your market. Yeah, that's interesting. So what do you recommend if you were going to uh, give it to me in steps, like just the outline of what I have to do to prepare? Do you is it easy to do that? To castrate or get No, goats? no, no, no. <laughs> no, I'm going to call you in to help me with that. Oh, I have a friend who actually does it for me. I help, but I don't, I honestly, I don't do my own. Yeah, okay. <laughs> so I, I'm not planning to either. So, um, although I did do it at the University of Maryland. Okay. And I think that all these, yeah, this knowledge needs to be documented. So I made videotapes of it for the University of Maryland. Mm -hmm. And I left them on my living room table. 
And I noticed it really made my boyfriend nervous. <laughs> I bet. So, so I've got horses mm-hmm. and I've got a lot of weeds. Yeah. That um, in particular, honeysuckle and poison ivy. And I hear they love those two things and they're good for them. Yes. But I'm concerned because I also have a bunch of wisteria. We've already taken out an entire dumpster load. Oh. I'm not talking about a grocery store dumpster. I'm talking about a construction dumpster load of wisteria vines. Really? Yeah. If you have a wisteria plant and its roots will go out a hundred feet. Oh, it's in outrunners? Yeah. And all of a sudden they spring up every place. And then we're following these back, trying to, you know, get them out of the ground as much as we can. But um, the horses, even my horses don't touch a lot of things that aren't good for them. But Sarah just took a big hunk of wisteria vine today. I'm like, cut that out. That's like not good for you. So goats, are are they likely to know, like, as long as you have enough other kinds of food for them, are they likely to not eat the things that are toxic or is this going to be possibly a danger for them? In theory, what they'll do is they'll sample it, right? They'll take a sample, they'll eat a little bit of it and move on. They won't gorge on one thing. So... In theory, they should be okay, um, but I certainly do my best to keep toxic stuff away from the goats. So maybe so. even use an electric fence yeah, to keep them out of certain areas. And another thing, I just was reading that pine trees are toxic to them. Well, it depends because we feed Christmas trees after Christmas to the goats. Yeah. Because pine needles can be a natural dewormer. Okay. So I think from what I've read, I think it's the white pine that's maybe toxic for them. Okay. We have loblolly. So it's not Christmas tree, but it's also not you or anything. You know, it's like the most common one. Okay. Yeah. I I don't know about that one in particular, but I Uh, think it's okay. Yeah, I'll look it up. Okay, so I can see I need to go do more research. <laughs> you want to give me one thing that I should should uh, focus on before I come back to you and ask you the next set of questions? Hmm. One thing to focus on. Like for setting these goats up for success, and here i'm sorry i wasn't very clear i wanted to hire them to do poison ivy and honeysuckle maintenance on the property you want to hire them yeah (laughs) yeah that that would be their job and for that i'm happy to take care of them and all that but i also was um told that they make excellent companions for horses they do they do. And the only thing that I have misgivings about that is they don't live very long. They only live 10 years. 
And then my right. horses are going to be so sad. So that would be their job. Do you think those are good jobs for goats? They're excellent jobs for goats. We keep our horses and goats together. Um, and the babies play with the horses. It's interesting. I've got a couple of pictures of baby goats on horses' backs while the horses are laying and resting uh, in their paddock. And um, what you have to watch out for is the horses biting the goats. So if they're not oh. familiar with goats, they may be a little mean to the goats. You may have to do some interceding on the goats' behalf, yeah. get them sort of used to being together, and always give them a separate space to go yes. retreat to. Like, like a place that the horses cannot follow after. Do yes. you remember at University of Maryland what happened with the sheep? No. So... We were finding sheep that had big bald patches, right? Like from the hip to the tail. Oh. And we thought it was some weird fraternity thing. <laughs> no, it was horses picking the sheep up, wagging them, and the sheep dropping to the ground, losing its skin. Yeah. And I don't even know what happened to that skin because I never remembered finding a patch of skin yeah so that was a big surprise for us yeah you have to you have to watch that because even our horses sometimes they'll lay their ears back and they'll you know start to look like they're gonna bite and if i'm there i tell them you know hey and then they you know they look up and say oh i guess i shouldn't <laughs> do that but yeah so yeah <laughs> just kidding one gonna do it <laughs> okay so we have a lot of brows here right now, and we're planning to grow some more for them. Uh, willow and uh, what we actually naturally have here are sweet gum, which is pretty turpentine tasting. Mm. And um, a lot of willows. We have a lot of Bradford pears. Those are okay. The horses eat them all the time, but they are stone fruit. So for people that don't know, uh, the, the leaves are higher in cyanide. And it's really important that you don't allow the animals to eat wilted leaves. Because when yes. they wilt, they form cyanide and, and you will not have time to save your animal. Yes, that's why wilted cherry is toxic for everybody. Yeah, and you'll come back and you'll find little cherry red lips and it's terrible. Um, but actually, I don't, I say that it would be terrible. It hasn't happened to me. Thank you. Knocking at wood. Okay. Yeah. So, so we get the area, we clear it out. I'm, I'm hearing that I don't have to worry about these pine trees that are probably four or five feet in diameter. Probably not. I think they're going to strip them pretty well. Okay, <laughs> good. We're going to have such a great partnership if they get rid of the poison ivy and the honeysuckle. And yes. then, have you ever rented goats out for weed management to other people? No, I haven't. And and Casey, I've had a couple people ask. And part of the reason why is because I do work a full-time job. And if yeah. I rented them out, You'd I would want to, to check on them. I would not want to leave them and entrust that someone would not steal them let them lose, do something terrible. You know, or even if they to... pushed a fence over and got out on the street or, yeah. or a tree fell down and they got out and ended up on the yeah. street, you know, all of those things. So we have not done that. 
Um, yeah, it's just not friendly for your current thing. No. Okay. So, and I've read that they want to be able to go up in levels, that they would rather rest on something higher. Do you think that's important or not? I don't think that's as important. I think it's it's important to have not so much for resting, but for their enrichment, their entertainment, to have different levels of things. We have um, large tree, well, logs um, in their area that the horses can't get into. So we have stacked up some very large logs. We had a tree taken down. So we had that put in there for them to climb and jump on and some very large boulders. So it's for their entertainment. They play and they run and jump and what have you. Um, but we don't see them resting on those types of things. Some people do put in platforms and they'll rest on those, but ours, ours don't have that luxury. They rest on the ground. Yeah. And they're fine. Mm -hmm. Okay. Well, I have so many more things to ask you and to think about, but I'd like to stop here if that's okay with you. And we can come back and do it again if you'd be willing. I, I would love to. I feel like I, I didn't answer all your questions and maybe I didn't tell you all the things I should have. Yeah, but you know what? Um, it's like this for everything. Nobody can remember everything. I can't remember everything at once. Yeah. So what I need to do is figure out the most important things I need to do first. Well, and first and foremost is getting your fence right if you're getting goats. <laughs> yeah, that's that's what I got out of that. And then we talked about what plants to expose them to. And hey, what kind of hay? Do you ever feed alfalfa or is it always um, Timothy or what do you feed for hay? We actually grow our own hay. And we feed mixed grass or orchard grass with some clover in it. Okay. And if you're if you're breeding goats, we do feed alfalfa late in pregnancy to okay. up the nutrition. Um, and when they're lactating, we okay. try to give them some alfalfa mix. Doesn't have to be a hundred percent, but just that having that little extra boost for nutrition. But if you're gonna get weathers, they don't need any of that. They can eat grass hay. Because there will be too much nutrition. Think about the calcium in the alfalfa. They are not going to need that. Yeah. Want to make sure their calcium-phosphorus ratio is is good. So don't throw that at them. Okay. Um, that'll contribute to the stones if it gets out of whack. So if you're not going to grain them, they don't need alfalfa. They can just eat cross hay. Okay. All right. So I'll start working on those things. <laughs> and um, you also mentioned that you had an owl monkey and that you worked with primates. Yeah. And so I would love to have you back and explore that as well. Sure. So, I'd be happy to. Yeah, that'll be fun. I want to thank you so much for giving up or sharing your evening. And yeah. I've enjoyed talking to you really a lot. Thank you. And I'll bet you other people have a lot of questions about goats because we're seeing things like goat yoga. Oh, yeah. And I I can see a lot of ways that could go wrong. Yes. <laughs> but it sounds nice. So yeah. I'm going to put this stuff to work and okay. then we'll see. We'll see and I'll come back to you. Hey, okay. everybody, thank you for joining us. And please uh, consider subscribing and liking this. Share it with your friends especially if you would like to get their goat.
<laughs> and we forgot to say, if you look at um, Catherine's um, T-shirt, yeah, and I came up with that title before I knew she had that T-shirt. So yeah. this was meant to be. Do you want to say why? Where does that T-shirt come from? What does it, like, is it promoting something or is that for your farm or what? It is for the farm. Um, it's a T-shirt that we created. Um, I don't know if I turn around if you can see the back of it or not. Um, that for, for Oh, pick up your hair. Pick up your hair oh, for a minute. Sorry. There we go. There we go. Um, it was just something where um, we wanted to give the 4-H children who came to purchase goats a little gift, you know, to say thank you. And they could say, you know, wear their shirt at the fair that says, get my goat. And then it had our farm sign and basically our logo on the back. Yeah. So yeah. that's that's good for everybody. Yeah. Wow. I love this shirt. And we're both psychic. I don't know how, but that works. I don't either. That was a good connection. That was wild. <laughs> I saw that and I was like, oh, my goodness. <laughs> Yeah, because usually I just do that with bad puns, you know? So we're going to call this a score. It is a score. Thank you so much for having me. I had a good time. Thank you. All right. Well, um, y'all take care and we will see you next time. Good night, everybody. Hey, fans. Are you enjoying training with Casey? Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts from. Also, don't forget to subscribe to Casey Covert on YouTube. That is youtube.com forward slash C slash Casey Covert. Also, give the podcast a like, share, and comment. Thanks for joining us. Come back for more news and views on animal training and living with animals. Stay at the top of the pack with Casey. This is Joseph Laughlin, producer of Training with Casey. See you next time.